0: Here's Property Matters, a weekly catch-up on all matters property, supported by Fairview International Property Consultancy and auctionproperty.co.uk. We're live every Sunday from 10am, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn and our website, propertymatterstv.co.uk. If you're watching on our website, leave us a Google review and if you're watching via social media, get involved in the comments section below where you're watching us right now. Email address if you've got some questions you'd like us to address or some topics for discussion, hello at propertymatterstv.co.uk If you don't have time to watch the whole show you can get it as a podcast every Monday, 10am, 24 hours after the live broadcast on the platforms you can see over on the other side of the screen. Finally, the show is broadcast across the week on Dilsey Radio as well. So let's say hi to our property expert Joe Joshi Hi Joe Hi good morning
1: good morning everybody uh, very nice bright actually Sunday morning uh, without a lot of rain so that's a, a good start Not that I worry about the rain but it's uh, it's important to know that people do concern themselves but yes let's see what the events for the for the week
0: are. Yes, certainly been an eventful week. I certainly don't think the conversation here will be as stormy as the last 48 hours in the north of this country. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, let's just talk about um, property portals, Joe. We've never talked about them on here in three years. I'm surprised we haven't. Uh, but I'm sure most people will know, and certainly it's become ubiquitous like Google, really. You know, if you want to go and look for a property, you look at Rightmove. But there are other players in the market, of course, there's Zoopla and on the market. And those generally, I mean, there are others, but generally those are the three, and they're in that order, aren't they? Right move right there at the top, then you've got Zoopla, and then on the market. So let's just talk about that. I mean, is that an improvement on what we used to have back in the day, Joe? Has the portals been a good thing for you, do you think?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a mixed, mixed bag now, Paul, to be perfectly honest. with an interesting subject to bring on, especially from an agency or an auctioneer's point of view. There are lots of things that have dramatically changed, actually, over the last 10, 15 years, certainly, probably even 20 years since uh, the birth of things like Rightmove, um, who have gradually um, become the market leaders. Um, And it's the way people now begin to sort of look at property or search for property as it would be back in the days, of course, everybody locally was fired up on local papers and newspapers have all pretty much been killed um you know there is the odd three or four sheets of paper that now fly through your front door but i remember the days when you know the property news um or or uh, or leaders or whatever the uh, competition would have been in in those areas was you know 40 50 60 pages thick um, are full of property and property was probably in its way its lost leader because people actually picked up the n- local newspaper just because they really wanted to flip through the properties or see what the neighbors are doing or whether it's on the market elsewhere or what's going on. But that's dramatically changed. Uh, of course, right Move uh, was one of the first that came into the play. Um, again, it was a mixture of a lot of uh, agents. Getting together from memory, I think it was someone like um, Countrywide that actually sort of start leading that way. Um, And then others joined and before you know it, they had a power base in a brand called Rightmove. And Rightmove now is, as you rightly say, is the byword, a bit like Google is perhaps for Mm. everyone. Want to look at property, you just go to Rightmove. both buyers and sellers begin to sort of look at that as well. And the next generation find it a lot easier because it's everything on the smartphone um, and it sort of directs them to what's what's going on. Has it been a great thing from from a property point of view, from a property agent point of view? I have mixed feelings on that, primarily because it is a a real uh, chore to try and get your property, your client's property in the front, you know ways it was very simple back in the days you stuck a If you wanted to do is take a whole page for a particular property and you knew that that was a power tool whereas here you are just one amongst zillions of properties and it's a case of finding what you're looking for and if you don't have the right postcode hypothetically, you're the right type of property or you're not paying through the nose and that unsad sadly that is the key i think the problem is that a lot of sellers don't really appreciate the amount of money that right move actually charges uh, individual agents um and that's 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 um, you know it, it breaks the bank to be perfectly honest with you but it's a case of no choice now either you you know join them or you beat them or, or are beaten should i say not even beat them you're beaten and to beat them there has been many a. Uh, um chances by other people that have tried and whilst right move was at the forefront back in the day there was lots of little people um who all came to the market as challengers and those little people then became Zupla fundamentally because it came along and just sort of cleaned everybody out and and took all the other brands all the little people under their belt and became the second most powerful um uh, portal um And of course, recently, we had another um, chap or chaps, should I say, that that came to the market um, and and, and lost their shirt. Um, They gained a lot of their money. In fact, they gained their wealth through uh, another company called Purple Bricks, uh, which, of course, got sold off for a pound in the end after being worth several billions of pounds. And the owners of that came into the market with a brand called Boomin, and that also uh, closed down a few months back as well. So Rightmove does have um, really the edge over everybody else. And of course, the reason why we are having this discussion because the you know, recent acquisition by CoStar of On The Market, which actually was created for and um, by agents, primarily as a competitor to Rightmove saying that, you know what, they charge too much money and we just, you know, we just don't make enough money. So to give you an indication, those that are listening um, and viewing us, you know, if you think that right move is free, it's definitely not. It's a cost per branch. So imagine having six branches or 10 branches. We're talking about um, probably about two and a half thousand to 3000 pounds per branch per month is what they charge. So, you know, if you've got 10 branches, that's nearly 30,000 pounds in the month before you've opened the door. So it's a lot of sales, a lot of house sales that have to happen. Um, over and above that, of course, you've got your rents and staff and other bills and costs. So, you know, whilst one thinks, oh yes, agents make a lot of money. Trust me, <laughs> that is not obviously the case. It's just that that's what their speciality is. And people like Rightmove, knowing full well that they have the power and they have the attention of all the buyers and sellers you know um controllers now that wasn't the case in the newspapers you could negotiate with the newspapers um but you can't negotiate with right move it's like our way or you know the highway so yeah I suppose there's always a welcome of someone like on the market um who has now got a you know a lot more money thrown at them to go and give it uh, a change I suppose the good thing, if there's such a good thing in this, is that uh, on the market has been now established for ten years plus, so it's got its own legs. Where something like Boomin was coming in to do a boom and bust, they want to come in, throw loads of money at it, and hopefully knock them off the pedestal and then you know be the champions. But uh, they didn't have any longevity and realised that you know there's just no way that overnight you're going to do this. Right movies now. I'm pretty certain 25, 20, 25 years old. Um, and the good thing about um, uh, on the market and perhaps someone like Zoopla is they have got legs. You know, so they are uh, right there. They're in the race always, you know, not quite making the front line, but you never know.
0: The interesting thing is that the the intention of on the market right at the beginning, as you rightly say, was to sort of you know rebalance the books to say that this is more about... Uh, you know, helping the agents uh, and helping customers as well rather than just dominance of one particular brand. But the truth of the matter is looking at the facts that actually on the market just didn't get the traffic, the consumer traffic that it ultimately needed to ensure its success. And whilst they took a little bit of market share away from Zoopla, they just didn't manage to dominate in, in terms of uh, people viewing because at the end of the day, the customer thinks that Rightmove is a great thing because they can go on there, they can look, and they can look at how much their similar properties go for around the corner. They can look at what their property sold for 10, 15 years ago, that kind of thing. So there's lots of things that they love about that portal. And you wonder why, you know, if if somebody was going to go up against, say, Google um, and become the dominant search engine, they'd have to have some incredibly deep pockets. And the suggestion is that, even if on the market get there, guess what? The prices will be the same as what they are on Right Move right now because they want their money back because it's no oh. longer run by agents. It's run by an investment company. Absolutely. Uh, and then will come another... I mean, recently
1: I read there's an, another uh, um, chap trying to sort of, you know, throw his weight. Our problem as agents is that, you know, w- we are driven by people like Right Move, and they know that they... Um, uh, they know that we need that. So it's a supply and demand, just like our, our gaming property. It's always the same. You know, uh, the demand is there because agents need that vehicle. And of course the supply is single-handedly right move. Um, and therefore that makes a problem. I do, um, you know, share the concerns of some of those that have made it about on the market, which was designed for agents, um, by agents. And, and to be honest with you, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I think, you know, the way I see it is that they've had. I mean, I'm a subscriber to, to On the Market and to Right Move. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the crunch, there's probably not in it. Yes, in certain areas, they are perhaps more powerful than, you know, one one against the other. But I think the branding of On the Market and, of course, its marketing strategy was probably not as bullish as Right Move have been um but then the right move have been charging a lot of money and their pockets are full uh, you know full to the brim for cash that they can actually throw every year i mean every christmas every you know season every every game they are running adverts uh, on national television and being in front of people all the time and i think that's what they say but they also know that the agents just can't, we do go away, but we can tend to want to come back primarily because our traffic slows down from other sources. Now I'm not a subscriber to Zoopla personally, primarily because it was the case of one or the other, whether it's on the market or Zoopla, you could actually go to everybody and find that, you know, you've pretty much seen the same people. So you've got to sort of balance your own books personally. Um, But Zoopla will come in constantly and say, you know, we'll do X for two or three or four months. then it's back to the thing so i you i agree with you it's going to be that on the market uh, you know they might be okay for another year or so maybe two at the max um and yes they will want their money back and that means push pushing the prices up and they'll come back to us saying you know we're giving you x now we need to charge you x for it and so and the stone so the story goes on um and um it is it is about the world that we we live in now um and um I think, I think the biggest thing that I, I would say to agents, any agents that are listening, is that, you know, you've got to put a value on yourself. You've got to start to say to yourself that if you have got to pay the silly monies to advertise, then unfortunately, it's a bit like the same old story. The end customer also has to start to pay and you can't afford to continue to do things for pretty much next to nothing just because you want the instruction you've got to put a value on yourself Um, and of course there's always people like purple brick who come along uh, strike people like that who come along and say that they can do it for free but you know look at the evidence purple bricks came in and said that all of that the people that wanted to make the money made the money but at the end of it it was only sold for a pound and um you know so there is there is a, a message in the song that you know if you do things the right way you will continue to do it. There's always going to be someone who thinks that they're smart and come into the system. But you know, I've done this now 43 years of my life. But it, and, and you know, if you do what you're doing and you provide a good service, then I think people go beyond the fact that it's whether it's on right move on the market or Zoopla. Actually, they buy you first. They don't actually buy those products first. They buy you as an individual first, and it's you who then tells them. Or we're on right move or we're on zoopla or we're on the on the market or whatever else other portals that you tend to want to do mm. to show that you are able to get the sale through but it might be that you've actually never had to go onto them because your data your own database has got the buyers right inside there um uh, looking in in those areas
0: Bank of America says that uh, Rightmove has 86% share of consumer engagement, which is phenomenal. They call them a major market leader. So CoStar have said to, to, to bust that, they're going to spend 46.5 million in the first year, and then they're going to outspend Rightmove in the long term. So is that enough, do you think?
1: Look, you know it's the old story about guns at dawn and, and who's going who's got the, the biggest purse and you know who's the big, bigger guy in this. But the proof of the pudding will come in the eating at the end of the day. Um, you know, right move has longevity. I'm not going to say to you that I'm a avid supporter of right move because I think they charge a lot of money. I think the system is, is good enough, but I think uh, in fact I think they complicate it's something sometimes that is pretty simple. Is complicated by all the tools that they do you can spend a lot of man hours on right move trying to go through that and yeah you've got to put a value on your time as well and when you look at all the products that they do in some cases it actually questions whether they need agents and that's part of the reason the agents you know new agents come on board or people start to turn around and say we can do this for nothing we'd rather just go through this this route get on to right move and we don't need the agents, but they need the local services each time. So I think, um, you know, CoStar may have deeper pockets. It may be one of the, you know, the richest, and it may be right. we just never know. But uh, I think um, they, they've got to throw a lot of energy, a lot of skill um, at Right Move before they can actually start to think that they're going to be in bold position.
0: Certainly uh, spooked the market somewhat, didn't it? Because um, Rightmove's shares fell, I think, 14%, which will give their CEO a bit of a headache this week, to say to his nervous shareholders.
1: No, I don't think so. I think that's just an instant reaction that, um, you know, people have because that's the way the markets tend to work. Um, But I think, find that, um, you know, he's got uh, longevity in his shareholders have been in there a long, long, long time. They call it the darling of the city. Um, as far as they're concerned, they know it's it's going to be you know a fairly safe bet. Um, and the, the the thing you have to remember about this particular service, uh, Paul, is it is purely a service. It's not a product. You know, um, they provide a service for agents. Agents provide a service for their customers. We're not actually selling. You know, whether it's like a supermarket, whether the you know, the price of bananas is up or down, um, and whether we can make a margin on that, it is a given fact that you're gonna pay You know your monthly subscription. And if you don't pay it, you're not gonna be on it, or, or you can't afford to be on it. Um, and that's it really. Um, so they know that around the country, around the UK, and perhaps around the world, national, international, real estates, all want to subscribe to what is the leader in the market is right move. So whether it's dropped down by 14% over a, over a couple of days, you know, when the reality kicks in of the you know whether on the market actually or co-star actually do or what they say they're going to do, at that point we might think, okay, you know, uh, right move has suffered, but I think this this little 14% downturn in the shares is just a, a, a jitter in, in the marketplace. I think you'll find that majority of it will bounce back, but that's just my view.
0: Yeah, they can look at a market capitalisation of four billion, and uh, don't forget, of course, they're operating at a net profit of seventy four percent. So that's phenomenal, isn't it? I mean, uh, an annual growth of three hundred and thirty two million last year, um, and that's up nine percent on the previous year. So uh, I guess the uh, it'll be just an annoyance for shareholders that they're going to have to pay more to keep their dominance, aren't they? Because they're going to obviously have to out- try and outspend um, the CoStar company as well to try and offset what they're trying to do, I guess.
1: Yes, but I mean, they've had a fairly, you know, uninterrupted life for the last, God knows how many years. So it's no harm in shaking them up a little bit because, you know, you get too comfortable. You need to know that there's someone who's going to come and disrupt it. And this is what this this uh, CoStar um, partnership merger, Buyout on the market is going to do it. Did it when uh, when booming came in. It didn't affect right move at all. They didn't. They weren't even scathed at the sides on it. It was just like, oh yeah, okay, here's another one uh, that's come along and wants to have a go at us. And because CoStar does have the the muscle and the and the cash, yeah, okay, there's a shake shake up in the shares. But I think if they don't, you know, do what they've said on the on on their messages, then it won't be long before they get their money back. Uh, at Right Move and the shareholders. So, you know, it's, uh, I can't, I, you know, I don't see it as a as a major issue. If I was the CEO, I would just, you know, think, well, that's fine. You know, they, someone's having to go. We've got to sharpen our pencil a little bit, but, you know, it won't be long. And probably in the next month, two months, a reality check will come in. Um, and then we'll see which way it
0: goes. Interesting to read some of the industry comments on this story across the week. It's been a very popular story with with the industry, obviously. And there's uh, quite a bit of suggestion that actually the quality of the leads, you don't see as many leads from on the market as you do from Rightmove, but the quality of those leads is actually better with on the market, generally speaking, than it is with Rightmove. Do you think there's some element of, um, I dare to say it, but fake leads maybe?
1: Uh, It could be. It could be. But I mean, you you have to remember this. this, First of all, you know, it's the old adage here. If you're serious about something that you want to do, you will research the market and you will look at everywhere. When you've got tyre kickers, then tyre kickers will go to Rightmove because, you know, that's the one that they go to and they may um, make an, uh, uh, an inquiry on something that they think, oh, that could be, it's a dream, it's possible, it might be it might not even be in their budget. So you would have perhaps more leads, but out of those leads, you might get quantity over quality, Whereas someone who's gone to on the market or perhaps to the second player, someone like Supla, you might find that they are actually serious about it because they're not just looking at right move, they are looking across the board and they might find something there. Now, the difference is that, you know, when I subscribe our stuff, our, our Fairview International um, part of it subscribes to On the Market and Auction Property subscribes to um, a Right Move. And it's no good me doing all of the things at the same places for each one of them because ultimately what I've done is shared it. But I get a good number of leads from On the Market and most of them are, are relatively good quality leads. We get as many leads for for an auction property from um, Right Move, but a lot of them are, you know, just give me some details on this, or I'm looking at this. So I, I feel that sometimes they are more tire kickers um, than than um, just you know actual buyers. So there could be some some um, element of truth in that that discussion.
0: True. Mm. Sure. And of course, at the moment, um, nobody's doing particularly well out of the uh, the, the, the housing market because obviously uh, the market is somewhat depressed at the moment. And the autumn bounce that you've often talked about, Joe, on this show hasn't really happened, it seems, according to the latest figures, at least, despite indications that inflation and interest rates may be heading in a more positive direction. Fresh data from landmarks, newly created uh, Quarter three residential property trends report shows a subdued market as the usual post-summer uplift failed to materialise. Continued market uncertainty and affordability issues have had a continued impact on sold subject to con- contract, or SSTC as we love to call it, um, in the last quarter. With September seeing the biggest negative variation to the pre-COVID benchmark of 2019 so far this year at 49% down versus 29 2019 levels. Similarly, this muted cross market picture can be seen at valuation stage, with valuation volumes falling. Uh, and failing to improve, 38% down on 2019. So uh, further demonstrating the affordability constraints home movers are facing. However, despite all the overall picture of a flatter market, supply remains relatively healthy as we head into quarter four. Listings were 3% higher than 2019 benchmark levels in September. So basically, just over a third down on 2019, it seems, this year.
1: Yes, yeah, so um, I'm still optimistic as much as uh, I hate to sort of want to go against the trend that we will have a bit of a bounce back on the autumn market. I think the reason why the autumn market has um, still been a little bit slower. First of all, let me just give you an indication of, of what the process of the year has become. There was a time back in my early days when we knew that certain sections and certain times of the market things would pick up for example we know that or we knew should i say that we would come into january um and really it would be the first week of february you would start to see some shoots of the market um towards even mid, end of january beginning of february um and then of course you know that would be okay to march um, April, whenever the Easter break, then you have a little break, and then it'll be okay until the summer school kids holiday, and then it will just die, and then your next market will be September, um, October, which will be now the autumn market. Kids go back to school, um, and and so forth. That has changed dramatically. You ha- we have to as agents uh, do now um, probably one year's work in probably about four months, maybe even five at the max. Um, and the reason for that is that, first of all, all of this technology has allowed people to be more fluid. There isn't about the paper coming out and seeing what comes out on Thursday and Friday, you want to be making the appointments. at Saturday, you want to go out viewing. That is just not the case anymore. It's very much smartphone, do it as I see it. Lots of things can be done virtually people do do the viewings of, of virtual tours, et cetera, et cetera. So that has changed. The second thing is there are now more bank holidays than birthdays, um, ever. Um, and in some months, there are two to three bank holidays and those bank holidays now result in people having time off, off to travel. Yes. Over COVID that might have been a little bit of a prison, but since then, you know the minute bank holidays come people are going prior a day or so before and of course over the weekend and then of course it's extending it into perhaps another time they can still do their virtual viewing sitting in you know america or or, or dubai or wherever they're going to go to um, and um, so the whole of that situation has been completely changed so we don't have the set and when, when people talk about the autumn market, the summer market, the spring market, all of those things, they are no longer really the market markers, as far as I'm concerned, because it's just been taken right out of context. It's now really about what's after the bank holiday, which is, you know, come July, June to September, you can have, I think, six or seven or eight bank holidays. I mean, you have a bank holiday if you sneeze, it's a bank holiday um and so for our our business that is a killer um and it is for most people apart from supermarkets and barbecues if it's a, a sunny time uh, bank holidays are just no good to us whatsoever so that takes a huge chunk of our time out when we look at autumn market autumn market in my opinion is now dictated by the chancellor's autumn statement which has not come through yet but it will come through probably by the end of this month beginning of next that is now going to be your indicator of what your autumn market's going to be because we know that last autumn he offered nothing for the property and during that time to this time the property market has been slow because those products those services those tax breaks or no tax breaks or nothing offered to the property market was a reason why people have then you know what i'll wait until I know what the changes are so there's lots of things that are muted in those situations where people will say now let's wait until because there's all sorts of rumors and um that these are the possible cuts these are the possible changes that will happen and so those are now in my opinion the drivers that's going to give us the the autumn not the fact that we, the kids have gone back to school on september the eighth 9th, or whenever they went back and all of a sudden the whole world mum and dad are going to go out there and start driving around looking no it doesn't happen anymore it used to it does not happen anymore it is a case of having the right product the second and third thing about these things are the product if something is valued and priced correctly that's fine back in the day there was no comparables there was nothing to be able to compare with but right Move, Zoopla and others have provided all the tools to the average person sitting in their couch at home who can now decide for themselves what the house four doors away actually sold for. Um, and they know themselves, they don't need agents fundamentally to do that. It's only about about the sales part, but they know for themselves that is that a good value. And if something is good value, you know the phone's gonna ring. If something is not good value, you know that they'll sit there and wait until the right price is there and it will get adjusted. So the whole concept of our business has, in my opinion, changed. and It's been a challenge. I mean, COVID did huge things for our business, good and bad. Bad, we can't do our showmanship as auctioneers, for example. You know, we don't go out there. People now don't go to live auctions because they don't need to go to live auctions. Not because they don't want to, they'd love to but they just don't need to. So therefore you have to ask yourself, do we need to do that? They do virtual auctions online, or most of it becomes online and people you know, want to, to view only something that they think is right value. Then you look at the agency side. Well, the agency side, I've just given you a complete version of what has happened. So the markers, in my opinion, have changed. They are no longer a spring market, which we used to talk about. You know, there are no longer a autumn market because, game has changed you know um so i think the markers are are wrong now
0: Mm. it's interesting um that the uh the uh supply isn't particularly a problem for example in september if you look at 2019 versus 2023 there's three percent more stock on the market than there was uh in 2019 same month um but when then you look to sstc so so sold subject to contract that's 36% down. So we're getting good supply. There's plenty of stuff on the market, but the, the, even the tire kickers <laughs> are not turning up.
1: Yeah, and the, and, and, and the reason is exactly what I've just said. In some cases, if they're not priced right and they don't meet, meet the targets, people will sit back and wait until that is the right money and they've dropped. The problem is always, look, when we want to sell, we want the best money. When we want to buy, we want to pay the least money. It's a war, always has been there. It never changed um, in our game. And it probably is in many other games, but it's just not at the supermarket till. I mean, if you go to the till and say, look, this pair of bananas was XYZ last week and they have now more, what are you going to do? You either pay or put them back. They don't care. They're not going to say, oh, well, actually, I'll I'll drop 10 pence because you're at the till. It's not going to happen. But in our business, People wait. It's the most expensive money that they ever spent, The most amount of money people will ever spend in their own life. And to be honest with you, all of the, um, you know, the major goods are things like homes, um, cars, etc. All luxury goods. Unless you're at the top end of the tree within the top five percent, who've got, you know, endless money and endless pots of gold, then everybody else is gonna wait until it's right for their pocket. It's right for their budget. Um, And that is where there should be a lesson for for all of the agents, that they've got to be clear and concise about what they're doing. Their clients will say to them, look, the house down the road sold, for I want to try it for that money. But just remember when when that happens is that you are paying for the privilege of taking something on at perhaps a high price because you're going to pay your two and a half, three grand a month to right move and all the others, irrespectively and you know so that's why i say that the reality check should be with the, with the agents more than anything else that they need to do that if they do their work right in the first place of course they should sell those properties and there should be more sales as opposed to just lookers um it's just a vicious game and it will it changes all the time but then that's what makes it interesting you know if if i could have had a penny or even a pound for every person that said to me when's the right time to buy you know <laughs> Now is the right time to buy. There's never a right or wrong time to buy, it's about what fits your pocket and whether it fits. Because when you look at it and go, I wish I'd bought that then, you uh, And I could say, you know, for again, for every pound, I could say, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that. And then customers come and say, We should have listened to what you said, we should have taken that offer at that time, or we should have done this, we should have done that. You know, it's that that's that's salesmanship, isn't it? That's our, our world, and I suppose, in a way, it's also. The challenge is the thrill, if you want to call it that, in trying to see if we can beat the, the 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 clock or beat the situation. But that will not, you know, change. That will be forever going forward. But yes, through the fact that we discussed portals, through that, there is availability of knowledge to even the most, you know, layman person. If they wanted to to go through and understand that, it's just understanding what it is. But I'm a firm believer that people buy people first. Um, and if they, you know, if they like you and you 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 convince them and you know that you know you've given the right good advice and actually you can actually you know sleep at home, think to yourself you've done the good thing, then you will win the business. But uh, I think you know all of the things that we we look at, especially here in terms of numbers. Yes, there is an now now a good supply. Um, but the demand is down, but I'm still convinced and I'd be happy to you know, stand by my conviction. Let's have this discussion once the autumn statements happen and let's see what the market and the papers do and say and we will have that discussion. It's not going to be long. I'm sure over the next two or three weeks that will happen.
0: Indeed. Now, final story this week, I'm going to mention the P word and it's not property. <laughs> it's politics it's politics and whilst we try and be politically free in terms of any kind of persuasion on this particular show it's very important to us but um this uh, this is a piece by russell quirk who we've featured on this program before because he does bring up some interesting um topics and obviously this last week with the two by-election results spectacularly swinging towards Labour. Um, And and, and all the analysis suggests that these are similar indications to what happened in uh, 96 ahead of 97's win for Tony Blair. So there's a lot of suggestion that that it's it's, uh, Keir Starmer's time. And the question, of course, being asked here quite rightly by Russell Quirk, well, if it is a Labour government, what's it going to mean for housing and property? And uh, he does actually quickly look back at the uh, last 13 years of the Tory party in terms of property. And he lists, lists a number of achievements. Housing targets missed by light years and then those same housing targets eradicated. An assault on landlords resulting in 35% rental stock availability. A social sector in crisis with only growth seemingly being ceiling mould. Uh, housing prices dipping, no, not crashing for the first time in 15 years, and mortgage costs hiked. More housing ministers in post than they've had years in government, and planning reform as well as rental form both bottled over and over again. There's really not much to be proud of there, and to be to, to be frank, there isn't much you can disagree with there. But they also mentions the fact that, for balance, that. Under Tony Blair, they had John Healy as Housing Minister in 2008-09, and Labour achieved the worst year for new build opt- output in decades. Um, and I suppose the truth of the matter is really, and again, trying to keep the balance um, fair here, Joe, the truth of the matter is, is that it doesn't matter what colour your government, they just don't understand property.
1: Yes. Um- uh, I, I tend to agree with that final statement of of yours, there, Paul. Um, and the reality is, um, we have tried to not be politicized in these things, but unfortunately, our business is fundamentally a, should I say, is yo-yo or a ping-pong ball that has been used by consecutive um, governments, be it red, blue, yellow, or whoever you want to be. And, and the reason is that they know um, and we know we now know as property agents and they know that this is a huge driver um, in what they do which is why I say that from last autumn to this autumn there was nothing on the table at all for the property market and when you look at all of the minuses and pluses that Russell is pointing out they forget and the problem with with our people in, in this country is we have such a short memory 2019 2020 2021 even throughout covid the housing market did above and beyond probably the richter scale to what people did and nobody was working we weren't even allowed to go out to work for that period and yet the housing market increased nearly up to 25 percent in that period because everybody was you know running for space um the race for space was a was a byword we we're all leaving the cities you know, so the governments, whether it, that was sort of true or false, and I understand that we all lost lives, and we lost friends and family and so forth, but someone is playing us somewhere. Um, and they played us on the basis that, you know, COVID came along, we were all locked down at home, yet the housing market somehow did really well. Um, and people forget that that's what they did. They only remember now that there hasn't been something happening this year and the rental market has, has dropped you know, landlords are fleeing the market very quickly, um, and so forth. We don't know that there is a hidden agenda in the background. I believe there always is a hidden agenda in the background. You know, maybe they want some of the oldie goldies to be moving on, so that they haven't got, and that could be a reason why the pensions, and there's loads of other reasons why people could say that this this is a change that is going on. But I think whether it's, you know, um, blue or, or red, I'm not sure that we are going to probably end up jumping out of the frying pan into the fire Um, and none of them none of them in my opinion at this moment in time have offered anything particularly um, buoyant or strong or convincing that that's what the future is you know if Starmer is the man for the job I have got my own jury out on that primarily because I believe that he, as an individual, has nothing to offer. His, you know, um, team are not particularly fiery. They refer only to Tony Blair because that's the only time that they had someone who grew grew a pair and went out there and said, "Look, we're now New Labour, and we're now going to go and do this and we're doing that." So, you know, that's the history of of Labour. Equally, what has happened in the Conservative Party is. To be honest with you, quite abysmal with, with the stupidity of, or the number of, of uh, housing ministers, the number of prime ministers that we've had, um, some not even elected. I mean, most of them have not been elected, they've just been sort of chucked into the job. Um, this there's, there's a complete mess. I'm not sure going forward that um, we would actually do any better by making a change. Um, and if we make a change, it will be just because for the sake of making a change, because we've just got had enough and said, oh, well, let's give this other chap a try because he's worth giving it a go. Um, and so there's there's lots of things that they've got to take in, into consideration. The target of housing is just I don't even know why they set targets. They're not going to do it. It hasn't been done for last 15, 20 years, um, and it's not going to get done now. There's too much red tape. One of the problems i find is that most of these people have got stock internally um and they keep you know putting that aside they've got lots and lots of properties that are not being used that are lying derelict that they could actually reinvent rejuvenate and and put back out and actually hit the targets probably quite well but it's always the same old story the grass looks greener on the other side let's look over the garden fence before we look at our home and realize that we have got stock and sometimes we have that we have that in our businesses that our own database sometimes has the buyers that we want it's just that we always go to the new ones primarily because they come up front and they've, they, they've they've made a lead today they've right, requested it but if you sometime look through your book and you as, as they say look through your black book you've probably find buyer that's been waiting there for the last two months who's contacted two months ago and says, you know, he's in a position to buy and doesn't buy. So I, I think that, you know, there are some elements of what Russell says is true, but what Russell is pointing out, in my opinion, is that there's no difference here. Um, none of them are gonna do anything that they are promising or they believe that they're promising to do um, until they get their sort of home in order. And, you know, property is their ping pong. They We know that. Over the years, over my years in the business, it's either been interest rates, stamp duty, you know, help to buy schemes, take away all of those, then they come back again in another disguise. It's it's constant because that's what they play with. They play with our minds. They know that the people want to buy. That's the ultimate game. Um, and they will do whatever is necessary to make that happen.
0: He says that uh, politicians don't understand housing, and worse still, the civil servants that come up with the policies to make the politicians look good, they don't understand it even more. Just to look at what um, Keir Starmer's suggesting, 1.5 million homes to be built over five years, reform of the green belt to strip out the bits that aren't green and relabel them as grey for development, Planning reform, including more power to devolved mayors and fast track approval of brownfield sites, the biggest boost to affordable housing in a generation. Uh, first dibs on new developments in new towns for the first time buyers. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that actually when you think about it, number of homes being built, well, they're being built by private companies. So actually any prime minister of any colour doesn't really have any control over that target anyway, does he? Or she? no they don't have a control over that target but the measures
1: that they take in making sure that those builders want to build be it cost of borrowing which is currently a major issue i know and i speak to quite a lot of developers who have got properties on their books they would like to develop but first of all the build cost has gone so astronomically high There was a time when I was quoting probably 100, 110 pounds a square foot to build. That is now probably more like 200 to 250 pounds a square foot to build. So when you actually equate all of the other inflation, all the other costs that have gone up, including in build cost is interest rates. There are sites sitting there that they just cannot afford no longer to build. Um, And the question is whether they sell those off, take a loss or sit. And, and no government is going to turn around. I mean, if, if they're a smart government, they would probably say back to the, all those people that are holding those sites with planning permission, say, right, right, you build them. Well, we're going to give you a special rate because we need the housing, you know, um, and we'll we'll cover that over the next 10 years or something. But they're not going to do that because they can't afford though. They do that for one person. Mm-hmm. They've got to do that for a million people. There's loads of developers and builders out there that own sites and hold sites. Um, so whilst they are not directly the people that make that decision for them indirectly without them making the changes in policy um, and and the costs uh, in in conjunction with the Bank of England and other lenders and other banks then the answer is that we are going to stay at a stalemate and there's nothing that there. you could do it if you were a builder or a developer yourself and you held on a piece of land. That is got some value, but you just can't afford to build it because the build costs gone up and the, and the borrowing of the money that you're going to do has gone up. You're not going to build it. You can't afford to. You're not making a loss, are you? You're not going to do that. Um, and so therefore, we will remain at a stalemate for perhaps another two or three years. So it doesn't matter whether red or blue comes in. It's going to be the same.
0: A smart government. Is that like a smart motorway? Because we know what happened to them.
1: Well, there you go, you see. There's no such thing as that, is <laughs> it? I'll,
0: I'll, I'll leave you with the quote from Russell. He, it's uh, it's rather good. He says The choice between Rishi Sunak and uh, Keir Starmer is like having to choose between death by firing squad or drowning.
1: <laughs> like I said, it's one of the same.
0: <laughs> and on that bombshell, let's leave it for this week. Uh, thank you very much indeed for watching Property Matters.